There's no music if you have no body to play it with, so take care of your body first. You getting into the gym and you lifting weights and working on muscles, is it's physical therapy for the benefit of your playing. The truth is nothing works like just taking care of the simple stuff. Diet, exercise and sleep. Take care of that and you'll be fine. Join us as two musicians and fitness coaches discuss strength, wellness and fitness in relation to musicians, artists and performance. Welcome back to the Tuned and Strong podcast. This lovely lady over here is Angela McHouston of Music Strong. And this is my lovely co-host, Dr. Jen Cabas-May of Tuned and Toned Performance. And today we are joined by a special guest, Kyla Kofer. I said it right, yeah? I always want to say Kofer, but it's Kofer. It's Kofer, <laughs> you got it. <laughs> it's and I can guess myself, darn it. So, <laughs> Kyla, thank you so much for joining us today. Can you explain a little bit about who you are? And if you want to talk about how we met, that's even more fun. It doesn't matter. That is really fun. Oh, well, thanks for having me, both of you. I'm so glad to join your podcast. It's so fun. Um, and yeah, so who am I? That's actually quite a big question the way that you asked it. Do you want who am I or what do I do? We've got yes. we've got two different conversations <laughs> here. Okay. So Angela, you and I met at the Nash through the Nashville Entrepreneur Center. They had a, a program where we could uh, it was like a lunch or meet and greet kind of networking program, like a lunch club thing. So we met through there and we just stayed in touch. And so I'm really glad that we've connected through that. Um, but I am uh, living in Nashville, Tennessee. I am a mom. I have two kids. They are, oh gosh, almost six and three. So that's pretty fun. I am a lifelong learner. I love to learn, but what I do for my, um, profession is I am a leadership and self-care coach. So what that means is I coach leaders about leading well, leadership advice, leadership goals, but doing that with integrity and well-being so that they don't burn out because leaders are really famous for doing, doing, for doing things really well, loving to do, loving to be busy, um, serving other people. But often we as leaders think that other people take priority over our own well-being. So I'm coaching you on how to care about yourself enough first that you can take care of yourself without burning out, without adding more, just, Oh my gosh, something else to do on my to-do list, but take care of yourself in such a way that you're just full enough that you are flow and, and can do all the other good things out of a place of well-being. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, we'll keep going. I, I have a podcast. Tell them, I'll throw this up on the screen for, for the people on audio, uh, the podcast is called leadership school, where I talk about all those things, leading with integrity, well-being. Uh, I interview people from all around the world and their leadership advice, um, their leadership experience, expertise tips. Um, and I always ask what does integrity look like to you and what does well-being and what does balance look like to you? So for those who are, are listening, it just put up a little slide of my leadership school logo, um, where you can find that on a podcast platform. I'm really glad that you're, you're here because this is, this is a topic that we have not talked about. Mm -hmm. And I know Jen knows that musicians definitely deal with burnout and, you know, depending on, you know, what you, what kind of career you have as a musician, you're definitely can also be seen as a leader because you can tend to be a leader in your career. You can be leading a band. You can be, you know, you have so many different options. And then 
a lot of musicians have their hands in a lot of different pies, so to speak. You know, they do, they mm -hmm. teach, they manage, they produce, they tour, they play, they perform, they blah, 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 blah. And then they get a side gig and a day job and blah, blah, yeah. you know, I mean, so. Well, musicians, a lot of times they're, you're like freelancers, contractors, you're not where the employer brings you the business and get pays you for it. You're having to find those things on your own. So you're looking in every avenue you can marketing yourself in all those different ways. And it's exhausting. You know, the actual definition of burnout is complete exhaustion from overwork or stress, or it's mental, emotional, or physical exhaustion from overwork or stress. And so when you're spreading yourself that thin, plus also trying to just be human, like have a family, get a drink with friends, like, you know, I don't know, play pinochle on the weekends, whatever you do to like <laughs> have actual fun. You tend to forget about things, those things, because some of that fun is part of what you do to make money. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, so many directions I want to go with this. Jen, do you have any thoughts before I just? Oh, I'm I'm just ready to let you let you go at it. That's what I'm ready cool. for. This is a big one for us. <laughs> it is. I hear so many teachers, um, you know, adjunct and you know, Jen, you're in this position too. I mean, mm -hmm. adjunct and professorships and teaching on the side and you know, one-on-one -on -one lessons and such. They just are waiting to the end of the semester mm -hmm. to be able to have a life again. But it's like a cycle of they're not, they feel like they're, we feel like we're not allowed to have life in between mm -hmm. our jobs because of just mm -hmm. what you said. So um, do you have, like, I would love to know some of your tips and some of your methodologies yeah. and like things that we can do as musicians to start to achieve that balance. Yeah. So balance. balance is elusive. And it's funny because even my own husband's like, you know that it doesn't exist, right? <laughs> <laughs> No, that's what I do for a living. Right. <laughs> that I believe and different people have different opinions. I believe it does exist, but for me, balance doesn't mean that I can do everything all at once. It just means that you are, um, you're the, the scales might tip one way. Some one day I'm using my hands here, the tipping one way, one day and another way, the other day, but it's, it's that back and forth, um, and being able to decide what's the priority right now. Mm. So if we're going to talk about balance specifically, have you ever heard of a life wheel? A life wheel is a really cool tool and you can Google this. I think I have one on my website somewhere um, there. It will be coming up soon as well. Um, I know I'll have that as a free resource at some point, but for now, until that's on my website, you can just Google life wheel and there's different options out there. But what it does is you just take a circle, draw a circle on a piece of paper and you divide it up into all the different areas of your life, financial work uh, or financial career, fun relationships, um, trying to think of the other ones off the top of my head, but you could just kind of try and spiritual, emotional, mental health, physical health. So divide those up and then decide on a scale of like one to 10. Where are you right now on this scale? This is a really helpful tool because you think that you're doing fine in these areas, but then when you sit down and actually write it down, you go, Oh, I didn't realize I'm only putting a three on my finances or enjoy in my life. I put like a, a two and oh my gosh, but my, but my um, career I'm putting at a 10, but my relationships are at a one. So it's a really good idea to kind of get a picture, a visual of where are you right now in this moment? Just pause. It takes like two minutes to write it down of how you're feeling. So then once you get this, if you're doing it as a circle, um, you're going to start, you make it look like a pizza pie 
and you start at the middle and kind of color, use the middle as the zero and the outside edge as a 10 and just color up to what level you think you are in that area. And then you'll see all around, it'll go up and down, up and down all the way around. And it'll give you an idea. Okay. I'm doing really well in some areas and not so well in others. The next question you're going to ask yourself is, is this just a season of my life where things are going to be like this? Because we do have seasons in our life. If you have small kids, like when my kids were infants, I knew that it was a season. I I didn't have time for a lot of relationships because I was at home trying to work from home, take care of an infant that was always attached to me, you know? So having those things is very different. That's a season, but is this something that's more habitual or long-term you and ask yourself what, what's the difference there? Then we want to see, okay, now we know this is something that, that is just kind of the way my life has been. Well, is that the way you want it to continue to go? If it is, you're good to go. Have a good day. See you in the next episode. If it's not, then you need to think through, okay, if this isn't where I want to be, where do I actually want to be? And what am I going to do to get myself there? Now, this is just coaching in general, but it works really well for our well-being and self-care and life balance. Um, and that's when you can start taking steps towards maintaining that balance. What we're not trying to do, we're not trying to say every area of my life is going to be a 10 because that's exhausting. You cannot be that. You cannot be at a 10 with your relationships, a 10 with your career, a 10 with everything all the way around. That's not sustainable. What we're trying to find is an even balance between all of them. Some days your relationships, you'll put at a 10 and you'll put your gym level, your workout physical at a two and other days those be switched. But if you're noticing that every day you're spending tons of time in the gym and you're really, really lonely and you have no friends, (laughs) then we can start thinking, okay, listen, I've spent a little too much time on this. And I think I need to invest in my community and, and building those relationships, which is the, I I'm going to say with relationships, it's always the one to start with because relationships connections, either that's like internal connections, connection with yourself or connections with other people are the number one crucial thing that you need for well-being because you will not ever have well-being in your life without connections. And if you don't have those and something crazy bad happens to you, life like hits the fan, you know, Mm -hmm. you don't have those connections to lean on when it gets really bad. So start there if you don't have them. And then that's where you can build from to connect the other areas. I'm talking a lot is how are we doing? Is this (laughs) more, more, more? (laughs) Yeah. I I think that last part needs to be said again, the the start with connections and relationships part. um, Yeah. Especially for those last. Oh my goodness. We put those last. (laughs) Like, oh, people are extendable. I have to do this, 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 this. Or like, well, I'm sorry, I can't, you're out of town and I can't. And not that that's not a valid difficulty, you know, but um, like, well, but I have to be married to the job or, you know, I have, well, think I have about to do the job first. Like <laughs> this, well, you've gotten your jobs because of the people you knew in those relationships. So building those mm-hmm. connections will help you with those jobs in general, but also it does come back to you because when you have stronger relationships and you're feeling that internal connection and well-being, you start to perform better and mm-hmm. you don't actually need as much time to do those things because you're more energized. So by neglecting those, you're actually going to perform worse, which is really interesting, but think about it too. Like 
when you're first learning to play the flute, when you're first learning um, to be the tech or run the lights and the audio, those kinds of things, they took time to learn. It took practice. You didn't just pick up the flute and all of a sudden you were, you were hired for the army band. You, you had to learn the finger grips. You had to learn how to hold it right. You had to learn what notes were what. You had to learn how to make the sounds, all of those things. And building connections is that practice of growing your own well-being so that at some point you don't even have to think about it anymore. You pick up the flute and you can play something just because you've done so many times you can do a scale without having to even think about it or read the notes on the music. Just like you can pick up the phone and call a friend when you're having a bad day. You don't have to think about it because you've practiced it so much. And then that phone call is not going to take three hours. It's going to take 15 minutes and you and your friend can work through it and get together or whatever. And then you move on and you have that energy that you need. Yeah. Yeah. And I think something that you said, backing up just a little bit about writing it down. I know I've said this with a lot of other things, um, but mostly when it comes to like diet, you know, I notice that um, mm-hmm. it's really, I don't know. I just feel like anytime you write something down, it brings so much more reality and awareness to like what, whatever it is that you want to pay attention to. You could think, I don't know, calorie wise, like, Oh, I'm really just eating this and this and this. And then you start writing it down. I did this the other day. I went to a French restaurant and I was like, how many calories are in French onion soup? (gasps) You know, and then, (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, no wonder I've gained some weight. Oh, it's like 5,000 calories in one day. And it wasn't like, a, it wasn't like I was mad. I was just, I had yeah. not thought about it in so long, you know? And so it's the same thing I think here, or if we're talking about practice time, or if we're talking about um, why have we stagnated in the gym with, with our weights and our, uh, have mm-hmm. we, or have we actually made more progress than we think? And mm-hmm. doing this, I think is really probably going to be eye-opening. Because we think, you know, we've got this vague concept, but seeing it in reality on paper. That's with any goal, right? And Mm -hmm. um, when you think about um, your well-being or your career in general, like if you're wanting to just see where you are, something that you said just really stuck out to me because you said, um, I wish I could remember exactly what you said, but someone can rewind and read the transcript. But what, (laughs) what made me think of was that, when you see if I can get this, it's it's the way that you speak to yourself, Mm -hmm. how that matters. And when you're writing those things out and those thoughts out, or, um, you're writing out those pictures, you're building that process in your mind. And so when you're thinking, Oh, I'm not really that great at something and, or I'm a failure. I, nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. I guess I'll go and eat some worms kind of thing (laughs) that you can write down. Okay. When have people liked me? When have I been healthy? When have I done well for myself? When have I succeeded? When did I have life balance? And then as you start to write those things out, I'm marking with my hand, I'm writing with my finger right now. (laughs) As as you do that, (laughs) you can take those questions a little bit deeper. Okay. When did I have life balance? All right. I remember in 1999 when I felt really strong and proud of myself and things were really good. Okay. What was going on in my life and what was I doing that created that feeling of well-being and start writing those things out and thinking through them. And that process of writing or typing, whatever actually changes the neurons in your brain of that left to right movement with your hand. It's going from left brain to right brain and move back and forth. And it's using all of those 
it's firing all the synapses in your brain. And so you're getting that process, the audible, the, the auditory and the visual of, of what you're experiencing. And even if you never look at it again, you've got it out there and it will physically change something in your mind and your body. And so when you're thinking about your well-being, think about, okay, who am I now? Where do I want to be? Do I want to continue to sustain this um, career for another 20, 30 years? Okay. What kind of path am I on right now? That's going to allow me to do that. Am I living in a way that's going to allow me the joy in 20, 30 years of still being in this career? Or am I putting myself in hazards way by burning myself out and, um, and not allowing myself the rest. I put this on, um, LinkedIn the other day where I said, uh, what if we obsessed about rest? Like we obsess about our careers. Ooh. You know, like sleep has become like demonized or, or not demonized, but you know, people brag about how little sleep they need and Mm -hmm. it's not true. It's, you know, yeah, it's a bunch of bull. I mean, I only need four hours of sleep. Yeah. Until you, until you don't, don't. (laughs) (laughs) until your body makes you shut down. And then that's a much longer recovery process. And we have to think that we earn rest or that we have to work for it. But like rest is, rest is not earned. It should be a given. It's a requirement, just Mm -hmm. like breathing, eating, sleeping, you know, like you have to have all of those things. It's one of the rest and connection. Those are, those are our things that, that we need to have in our lives. And if we're neglecting those in hopes of something else, the hopes of something else is not going to actually get us as far as we would like it to. I think as musicians, we also think we have to earn food and <laughs> the other things you mentioned like the instrument comes first the career comes first the, everything is at the sack and we talked about this in a previous episode mm-hmm. uh, everything's at the sacrifice mm-hmm. for the music many many episodes but yeah we had uh, a musical specific. martyrdom or something like that <laughs> that was it on musical martyrdom everything is for the sake of the music yeah. well no. you can actually train your brain to realize that rest is part of that is part of the sake of that mm-hmm. so it's funny because even though if we're taking a rest, artists, we as artists and creators, do we ever really stop thinking about things that, because your brain is always working on that. Just like if you're like, oh, what was the name of that guy in that movie? Where did I see that actor before? If you can't think of it, your brain will continue to work on it until you think of it. Three days later, you'll be like, oh yeah, I know <laughs> who it was, you know, because your brain keeps working on that. In the middle so of the by, night. Yes. So by stopping and resting, taking a walk doing some breathing exercise, taking that nap, getting a few extra hours of sleep, spending some quality time with your family, with your best friend, going, taking the boat out, doing that puzzle, whatever it is, your brain is actually getting that chance to recuperate and fill with those memories and those create that creativity. So if you're Mm -hmm. not allowing it, you're actually squashing your creativity. Mm -hmm. It's, it's been a while, but I, I read actually about a study on that. Um, like I said, it's been a while, so I don't, I have no clue where I saw this. It's years ago, but they were talking about um, an experiment where they put uh, a handful, more than a handful, a substantial number of people in a room and gave them some sort of project to work on and gave them like, I don't know, three hours to do it, something like that. And the, um, you know, first group, they said, okay, well, you're going to start immediately after reading the prompt, just start working on it. And the second group, okay, we're going to put Minecraft on your computer. 
not Minecraft, Minesweeper, Minesweeper. Oh, older, Minesweeper. Older. This is, yeah, oh, this, is, this is old study. Old, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not my, it's pre-Minecraft. You know? <laughs> the first version of Windows <laughs> land. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. it was Minesweeper. And they said, okay, well, love just, you just aged minutes. us, Jen. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Y'all played it. <laughs> but, you know, it, it was for the first 45 minutes after you read the prompt, you're going to play Minesweeper. 45 minutes, you're not allowed to work. And then 45 minutes is up. Okay, go ahead and do your thing. And the people who did Minesweeper first, I mean, it's hard to not say Minecraft, Minesweeper first, um, they got way more accomplished, much more fully fleshed um, right off the bat. And within their time limit, got way more done than the people who started immediately. And we think of that, you know, there there tends to be this concept of like, no, you just, you just work all the time. You never do anything else, right? That's the, you start right when you get the prompt. Um, but having that, what they attributed the Minesweeper thing to was that you had that time to just kind of, it's a pretty mindless game, you know, and just, but the processes are percolating in the back of your brain and you don't even have to start working on it or, or strain yourself. You've got all this time to kind of let it be amorphous without giving it structure before it's ready. So yeah, just old school study to kind of back up what you were saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, that sounds really cool study and, and it makes perfect sense because our minds do need that. It needs that downtime. Yeah. And, you know, actually millennials, I think, um, generation Z or I don't remember what they're called on now, but they, um, are, are, I think are a lot better at this than the older adults because they've practiced this and they take a lot of breaks and they'll like, I mean, I do that. I'm on my computer and I, I do one thing and then I switch to the next task. Then I go back and I go back and forth, which is probably a really inefficient way to work, but it works for me because it's giving my mind a rest from one thing to move it to the next. Even if, and you know, rest, when I say rest, it doesn't have to be, you know, go sleep. Rest just means a different activity from the one that you're currently doing. So that can be throwing a Frisbee around with a friend, taking a walk, watching, you know, binging Bridgerton or whatever it is that you watch and, <laughs> um, and, and just separating yourself from, from the work. You know, I think artists, we, we do this in a way because sometimes, especially if you're like a writer, you, you want to do anything but write, <laughs> you'll, you'll find ways to procrastinate from that thing that you're doing. Um, so there is a level of like procrastination in that, but, um, I think rest is different than procrastination. Rest is going to be more intentional. It's going to be purposeful. And, and, and it's really great if you could combine it with I'm building connections right now. And don't forget when I said connections, I said internal and external connections. So when you're doing that, any kind of rest, you're building one of those connections. If you're building that internal connection, that's awesome. I met a guy who said, yeah, I just, I really love to grill. Like I'm out, I like being outside and grilling and I'm grilling red meat. So I guess that takes away from my nutrition part. And I said, no, 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 no. Because what you're doing is you're meditating. And for him just being there, flipping the grill, watching the flames, whatever was meditative. And that can outweigh the benefits sometimes of what you might be eating, which I wouldn't say do that every night, but you know, but that's, that's part of that reflective process. We need those connections with ourselves. Who am I? What do I want for myself? What do I believe? How do I feel? What are my emotions, my experiences? Um, when you diversify your activities, your hobbies, your, your, connecting with that. Um, and everybody does it differently. This guy did it grilling. That doesn't, doesn't make sense to me. I wouldn't grill. I would write, I would listen to music. My husband and I constantly have ar arguments on what is music. Well, 
it's my version of music, not his. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you everybody, but everybody has a different way and, and you don't have just one way either. So one thing that you can do too is like, okay, I'm noticing that I've been spending way too much time on this thing and I need a little bit of a break, but I don't even know what to do. Cause I've been so busy all the time. And I'm just, I've been in survival mode for so long. Where do I even go? What do I even start with? Well, like, what are the things that you've always really loved? And, and think about like maybe three go-tos. So for me, if I'm getting stressed, my three go-tos are breathing, reading, talking, actually I'll add in walking too. breathing, um, breathing, reading, talking. So when I'm feeling stressed, usually it's anger towards my toddler. I can take my deep breaths. I have some breathing like routines and practices that I've learned that can really help with that. And just, did you hear how my voice changed when I took that deep breath just then? Like I slowed down even in my talking. So just taking those deep breaths. I love, I love reading. So sometimes it'll be reading like personal development, reading stuff for work. Um, but other times it's like, let me just read a novel. Let me read something really sugary. And, um, just so I don't have to think at all. Um, and what's funny is oftentimes those novels get me thinking about my personal development work. So, uh, you know, it might be like some random like mystery or whatever, but there's going to be some line in there that I'm going to go, Oh, that's really good. And that's going to make me think. Um, and then talking is really helpful for me. And this, this is just my thing. So I love talking with people and that's building that community. It's sharing that what's going on with me, hearing what's going on with you, um, builds that for me. So that's how I connect back to who I am. So think about what are some three things, maybe you can tell us Angela and Jen, like, what are some things for you? Some of your go-tos, like when life gets really crazy, What's one of those things that, that you can turn to quickly that you don't have to really think about. I know that right now I can go do this and I'll feel a little bit better. Walking is a big one for me. Walking yeah. is a big one because <laughs> yeah. I can almost always do it. You know I mean? well, yeah. So in Tennessee, in Nashville, it rains a lot. And so yeah, do you Florida like to too. walk in the, in the rain? Like if it's raining, do you walk in the rain or do you have like an indoor place that you can go and walk? Uh, not really here. Not that I'm happy with. So mm -hmm. if it's warm enough and I have shoes that don't bother me, yeah, I'll walk in the rain. I don't care. If not, I've got very fortunate. I found an old school analog stationary bike, no stupid, you know, arm movements. No, no, no displays distracting me on uh -uh, just sit on the bike, put something on, just pedal. <laughs> it's fine. Mm -hmm. Awesome. It's Good. So you've got like the backup. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing how exercise didn't do that. Isn't it? Get yeah. 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 That's, that's one of the few consistent things for me. Um, playing with the cats is a good one if they're up for it. <laughs> well, exercise is actually one of the fastest ways to get yourself out of your stress cycle. So uh, when you're, when you're feeling stressed, your body enters that cycle and exercise, there's lots of ways obviously to get out, but exercise is the quickest, a little mm -hmm. exercise will tell your body and your mind that the stress is over and you can move on. Yeah. I believe that. I mean, if I'm, if I'm doing too much and I feel like everything's too much, I just got to move. I got to, I got to do something. So yeah. sometimes, I mean, like for me to go ride a bike, it's like, I got to get kitted up. I got to take it someplace. It's a whole ordeal. You know, it's not like I can just go right around and then block. Yeah, you know, I got to put on shoes and certain shorts and like the whole deal. So like, I'll, I'll go for a walk, but it doesn't really do it for me. Sometimes it's just um, 
funny enough, the army, I think, had it right. And so, you know, they have this whole thing. Actually, we need to pause for one sec. My windows are open and there is a maelstrom outside. Be right back. It'll be fine. So what I was saying is that I think the army has it right where when I went to basic, they have this whole thing that I thought was weird at the time, but now it makes sense because you're under so much stress at the time. They want you to fold your clothes in a very specific way. You will put them in your locker in a very specific way. You will make your bed in a very specific way. You will do this. This is, I mean, just like you will not one pair of boots. So you don't, so you alternate. And like, there's just this, there's a whole thing about, I guess it's kind of mindless because you're under so much stress. And at the very end of the day, when you come back to, um, to your bunk, in this case, in the barracks, the bunk was like, it was made, it was clean, everything was in order. And then if you had to do your laundry, you would sit there and you would fold and you would do everything. And it was mindless, but it was like calming at the same time. And it makes so much sense now. It's like, why do I have to have so many pairs of underwear and I have to fold them a certain way and put my socks a certain who folds socks in a certain way? And what it wasn't about that it made a difference in how it looked. It had to do with the, it's like the, the roteness of it. It was just a way for your brain to decompress from all the yelling and screaming and physical activity and the shooting and the, all the stuff from all day long. And it, I really did look forward to it. So now that's kind of carried over for me, at least like when um, I'm having a stressful day and I can, I can only do so many things at the computer and like my to-do lists save me, but you can only do so much on your to-do list. Right. And then what? Well, I'm going to do some laundry. I'm going to clean something. I'm going to fold something and put some things away because it's a mindless thing. It doesn't require any processing. And it it's, all, it's me meditative. Break. It's, it's doing a, a routine and an action and you're putting mm-hmm. your body into a, a, like a habit and a process and it's creating yeah. order. And when you're creating that order for yourself, that's, that's part of health. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I really, I really kind of enjoy that now that I understand more about it. I'm like, oh, okay. So there's this whole thing. Like when I go on a, I've, I go on a mission or something, we've got to have our, our uniform a certain way. It's like, okay, I've got to take this time. Everything has to stop because I have to make sure my uniform looks exactly right because I'm going to be on TV or whatever. And you can't focus on anything else. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like baking. You can have something going on in the background, but baking is pretty precise and you've got to focus on the one thing. And it's nice to just, nope shut it out. Right. This is what I have to be doing right now. And those other it's, it's prioritizing, you know, your, what, what is important right now in this moment, this is important and I'm going to focus on it. So, and the other things will take care of themselves when they need to take, be taken care of. Yeah. And so, um, when I had my bike accident on the January 1st, I sustained a concussion. Um, (laughs) and, I'm just finishing up a series of uh, appointments with a speech therapist because if so, if you go back and you watch some of the, uh, the first episodes we had, I'd blank out. I have no idea what I was talking about in the middle of the sentence. I'd lose words. I have no idea where I was. And it was, it, it, it started not immediately, but then it got to be pretty serious. And then it was all the time. And so that was kind of scary. I'm like, what am I talking about? I'm interviewing people and I'm recording. You can go back and see it. Like I just blank out, lose words, get what I was talking about. And I'd pass it off. Like, oh, I forget what I'm talking about. We all do that. But this was like all day, every day, a little scary. So speech therapy, they tell you 
they give you these coping mechanisms. Number one is like talk through the problem. Okay. So you figure it out. But the other thing is lists are really helpful because you just write down everything that's on that, on your brain at that point, because you used to be able to remember everything right now. You may or may not be able to, that might come back. It might not, doesn't matter. Writing it all down gives you that sense of, ha, okay. I can come back to this. What was it? Okay, now I can, you can create order with it, your list. Order you again. Prioritize. Yeah. And then you're doing that physical act of crossing something off. You can see the progress, mm-hmm. all those things. Yeah, it's really helpful. Um, and um, oh, shoot. Now, see, you just talk. Everybody does it. Everybody loses their train of thought because I just <laughs> did you- it. But yeah, what you're doing in that list is you're creating that order mm-hmm. and that method, that process for you. Um, to, to help you maintain that sense of health. Oh, I know what I was going to say is your, your awareness. The fact that you are aware enough that this is not normal for me. This is not helpful. That is well-being right there is, mm. is that's a really key element to the process of burnout prevention and healing is health and being aware of your own health, your own physical and mental health needs where you are and whether or not you need help with anything. So to be able to say, this is not normal for me. I can continue in this way or I can go and get some help. And if I continue in this way, because I'm so prideful that I can't go get some help, then what am I going to be living with for the rest of my life? But if I let go of some of that, choose and acknowledge that I'm going to need some help. This is beyond what I'm capable of learning how to do for myself and healing for myself. When I can get that help, then I can move on with my life in a healthy way. And that, you know, that goes for, for anything. Am I so anxious that I can't get through the day? Am I feeling depressive? Um, do I need to talk to somebody? Do I need some medications? COVID was really hard pandemic, like really, really challenging. And, um, even for a self-care coach who has those resources in place, I needed help with it. And I went and I talked to people, I got medication because there were some moments when I was not capable of using my tools in other ways, because that is a tool that medication, that help is a tool and you're going to use it as long as you need it. And if you might need it the rest of your life, great. You might not, it might just be something that you have for that moment. So you needed speech therapy. You're probably not going to need speech therapy for the next 72 years, but you needed it for now. And it's going to help you get through to that next process. Just like, just like, um, you know, getting a broken arm set. It's the the same, same types of things. We can't do everything on our own. We need connections. We need other people. (laughs) It's true. That accident, man, that it really showed me how much I need people because, you know, living by myself and like suddenly I can't, I can't do anything. I mean, in the beginning I had two arms in casts. So I had to live with my parents for two weeks, which was not a bad thing. Not at all. I mean, I really kind of enjoyed the break. It was a nice mental break. It was a, it was a night, it was actually kind of a little vacation, um, except for, you know, my mom had to give me a bath, which was awkward, but you know, (laughs) Well, I didn't know, have any arms and you just do what you got to do. Right. But you had those connections. That's why I said yeah. earlier, when it hits the fan, you've got to have people who can care for you when you need it, because it's right. going to hit the fan at some point in your life. If it hasn't already, because mm-hmm. that's just humanity, there are ups and downs, things happen with the ebbs and flows. But if you have things in place, when it hits the fan, then it makes it way more, way easier to get through. I just released an episode today on leadership school uh, with Derek McManus talking about resiliency and human durability, the power of human durability. And you're only going to get through those things when you have things in place and patterns in place in your life that have trained you and taught you how to get through things when it happens. 
Everybody's Absolutely. nodding. Everybody's nodding. <laughs> so there was a delay in your sound. And so I was waiting to yeah. see if it caught up anymore. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I have a totally different direction to take us. So I'm like afraid to ask before we, like, oh. have we wrapped up our thought because I had to it. step uh, away for a second. So I missed a little bit of it. I think I caught it all. <laughs> You're good. You're good. Um, Let's go there. Okay. So um, I'm just, I just, I try to think from a, if I was, me, you know, 10 years ago, listening to us talking, what would I be asking? That's where mm-hmm. I come from with a lot of this. Um, so I think what I would want to know if I were me 10 years ago is, um, and what I hear a lot from people is like, oh, I'm so burnt out, or I think I might be burnt out, or I don't know if I'm burnt out or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so for people who might not know what the signs are, what they're looking at, or if they already, so how do you identify? when you are burnt out and I'm going to apologize to you. I'm coming off of concussion as well. Both of us are concussed now. <laughs> wow. Okay. That is a really, okay. So you want to know what is, or are the signs of burnout? Right. Um, how do you, how do you identify like boredom? So, right. Or yeah. even just, you know, for musicians, it's such a high stress, high stress. commitment job mm-hmm. um, that you, it's hard to tell sometimes. Is this just like, is this normal? Am I burnt out? Is this, right or wrong if, you know, is it a low point right wrong right yeah um okay right what, so, what is it actually burnout and then how do you dig yourself out if you are yeah 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 so the let's go back to the actual definition of burnout which is mental emotional physical exhaustion from overwork or stress so every person's body tells you signs of what burnout is and there can be um some temporary things some permanent things but your body's going to tell you so i think about it as i hold my side right here because I tend to have gastro gastrointestinal, cannot say that word today problems. Um, I get a sharp pain in my side when I'm starting to feel excess stress. So when I start feeling that pain, I go, okay, something's going on. I need to take a break. I need to rest. I need to do some breathing and pay attention to this. If it goes on long-term, I need to get some help with that. Uh, which is why I ended up going on medication because I needed, I was having that constant pain and couldn't get rid of it. And that's what I learned what my signal was. So your body is going to tell you those signals. If you're starting to notice more injuries, um, if your hair is falling out in excess hair loss is, is one that you're going to notice now that some of these things are going to be signs of other diseases. Like, um, so it's important to know your own health and your physical mental health as well. So, um, some of these things can be signs of that, but you might have heart problems. If you're noticing you're starting to have heart palpitations, um, and your, your chest, chest pains, um, headaches, extra fatigue, um, body tenderness, soreness, um, just the inability to do things, low energy, you might be burnt out. And so you're, you may need to talk to a provider, um, mental, physical health provider, wherever you see, um, and talk about what some of those signs are and see if you can narrow some things down because some of those things, if you don't treat them, they do become permanent injuries. So like, um, my GI tract issues, if I don't treat that, I can start getting like polyps in your gallbladder or your gallbladder could start to shut down. You can get gallstones. Um, and that can actually cause more anxiety. It causes more allergies. It causes, um, all sorts of things. Cause that's happening in your gut. Right. So if you're noticing being constipated all the time, that could be a sign of that because your body is storing that stress and trying to store and save that energy to try and keep your body moving. So you're going to notice those physical extra physical pain and symptoms. So if you start seeing any of those things, it's time to take a breath, time to take a pause. 
um, think for yourself, okay, could this be something else? Is it burnout? If it's burnout, then I'm going to have to make some decisions. If it's a possibility that something else you needed to make sure to talk to someone either way, it doesn't hurt. Go get your physical, go get a checkup, say, Hey doc, I'm pretty stressed out. You know, whatever that is for looks like for you. Now, if it's just like, Oh, this is just a hard moment. This is a hard time. The stress should pass pretty quickly. So when, like I said, when, uh, about the stress cycle earlier, when this is actually from the book, burnout, 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 I have it right here. I'll pull it out. Burnout, burnout, burnout by Emily Nagoski and Amelia Nagoski. It's a really important book, but one of the things they talk about is the stress cycle. So when your body has, um, is in danger, feels like it's in danger and you have that stress. Uh, I think the example they use, like if you're in the woods of being chased by a lion, you're going to be in a lot of stress. Your body enters fight or flight. The only way to get out of that is you might, when you get to safety, you realize you're safe. You're going to probably jump up and down, cheer, hug your friends, be excited relief, but you're going to be connecting your mind to your body, the actual like physical body. Cause we're spiritual beings. That's as humans. That's who we are. We are spirit, spiritual beings in physical bodies. And so you have to connect both of those things together after stress. And if that stress continues, that's when those, that burnout happens. But if this is just a moment and that stress has ended, then you have to be able to celebrate that that has ended. And that's when we talked about exercise, riding your bike, going for a walk, whatever that is, you can a really, really loud belly laugh at a good joke, a 10 second hug, snuggling with somebody, a really deep breath and the Mm -hmm. exhale, like that carbon dioxide coming out, you know, those different things, jumping up and down, doing some jumping jacks. Um, dancing. I I'm not, I'm, I've been going to the gym lately, but I'm not a huge fan, but I love to dance. So having a little dance party to your favorite song, whatever that is, make sure it's good music (laughs) doing that is, um, it's reconnecting and it's telling your mind, spirit body, this is safety. I'm okay. And that specific period of stress will, will go on, move on. But if it, you don't do that, then those stressors keep blocking, like keep storing up in your body and it can take a lot more effort to break them back down. Um, and there's a lot of tools and resources out there to do that, but that's, um, to answer your question, how do you notice you're going to note it? Your body's going to tell you your mind and body are going to tell you. Does that hopefully, hopefully that gives you a better picture of, of how to pay attention to that. Does it also include, sorry, does it also include, um, just loss of interest? Well, yes, it can be. It can be that, um, I like to make sure that you distinguish burnout from boredom. So loss of interest could just be boredom. We like to be intellectually, emotionally stimulated. So I had a job once where it was like data entry and it was so boring to me. And after three years, I was like, I cannot sustain this anymore because I'm not interested in it. So part of just being human is that we have things that sustain our interest. So if it's just like, I just can't do this anymore, that could be, um, a, a boredom, but if it's affecting your well-being, then that's going to be burnout. So this, and it can be disinterest, but just being disinterested isn't going to lead you to burnout. Does that? Oh, no, I meant being disinterested in something you were passionate about. So yeah, so yeah, yeah like something that's really important to you, and you're just like, I cannot focus. I don't want to. Do, I don't. I don't want any part of this right now. I can't. Anytime you try and force yourself, you just you yeah. can't. 
I would say that that would just also, that's really situational and it would depend Mm -hmm. on what that thing is. Like, has it run its course? Is this a necessary ending? Like, has, you know, is just your, your passion for this thing, the course could be over and it just could be your, your time to move on from that thing. And that could just be boredom. But if it is a disinterest, like lack of focus, I'm struggling. Like I want to do this thing and this is important to me, but I can't do it. I can't, my brain can't go there right now. That could be more burnout. But if it's like, I just, I've been doing this for 10 years and I mean, I met a pilot recently who he was an international pilot and he'd flown for years and years and years. And he was like, I just don't really want to get up and go to another flight. Like, I just, I just don't want to do the commute anymore. It just was, he was disinterested from it. He wasn't burnt out. He was just kind of done. He was done. Yeah. So there, there's some difference and things to distinguish there, but it's really like, you know, you, and you know, your body, what are, what's it telling you? What's your mind and body telling you? Um, and talk about it with people that, that love you and that care about you. Um, and that you care about too, when you're building that community connection, say like, what are you noticing? Are you noticing that, um, I still, that this is a, a pursuit that I should keep going or is it time? What do you think? Like I've been considering this, bring people in. Don't let other people make your decisions for you. That's a whole nother coaching. We'll get into that another episode, but, but, (laughs) but bring those people into your life as you're thinking through those things. That answers my part of that question. Yeah, no, that was a good one because I didn't think that that far through. And I know that would have been a question I would have had later. So <laughs> that's why we have all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, there was a there was a time I want to say halfway through my my training career here that oh, I don't know, 2014, 15. I, I think I was burned out. I just didn't want to train anybody. I didn't want to deal with people. I didn't want to hear their excuses. I didn't want to wake up in the morning at four and go train somebody and then spend all day gone. And I was just like, why? I really love doing this. Why am I not interested in this? Mm-hmm. Do, am I dissatisfied? But that was, it was part of a, on one hand, it was part of a larger thing of, of trying to figure out, am I, am I actually selling out because I feel like I'm not using my music degree and I'm doing something else and blah, blah, blah. Or is it more also, I'm just burned out. And I haven't taken a vacation in, I don't know when, and I went through, you know, a move and a divorce and then another move and a thing and a thing. And I just hadn't stopped in years. And it was both of those things that came together. So Mm -hmm. I remember being in that place and being like, I don't want to, I need a, I need an entire week, maybe more. I I, I cannot deal with anybody else's anything. And I cannot, you know, this job, I think for people and I didn't want to think for anybody anymore. I'm like, you're all that was burnout. Yeah, yeah, that was, it was burnout. Yeah. And I that came was back and yeah. The, the, it was a lot of self-reflection in that week. And so there was, that's what I was thinking of when I mentioned that too. Cause I remember thinking I'm well, passionate about helping people and I don't want to do this. And one like, thing I, I noticed too, as you're saying, that was your anchor, even remembering it, your anger came out and I, and I could see it in your face and I could hear it in your voice. And so if that anger is coming up about something that you typically would be passionate about, that's also a clue to say, okay, why am I so angry about this? Something, something needs to shift. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's an excellent point. That was yeah. eight years ago. That's a long time ago, but I mean, you know, I, I don't feel that way now because I've found other ways to have that balance between playing. And I was also, I was burned out at all ends. Yeah. Teaching too much, there was training too much, not enough music. 
Yeah. We can only do a certain number of things at a time. <laughs> we like to think we can do it all, but we really can't. And we can also only handle a certain amount of trauma in our lives too. Um, and some of like a divorce and a move, those can are actually on lists of traumatic experiences. So you have to work through those things too. Um, and they, and work through the emotions and the grief and whatever emotions, the anger, those are bringing up for you. Uh, and, and that's part mm-hmm. of, that's part of being human is learning how to work through those things, but also accepting that this might've been an, this was a traumatic experience and, um, Mm -hmm. I need to go through that and, and I need to rest and I need to recover from it and doesn't have to Mm -hmm. own my life, but I have to accept where I was through that and and acknowledge that in order to live the full, whole, healthy life and be the full, whole, healthy person that I was meant to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So any tips for somebody who's not burned out yet, it's basically feel like either they feel like, or other people are telling them, Hey, you're just living your life in crisis mode. Yeah. Well, that's that, the, that's kind of, let me try that again. <laughs> that is some <laughs> of those things that we've been talking about this whole time. Like yeah. start with your kind of your life wheel, start looking at your connections. Are you connected to yourself? Are you connected to other people? And you also are going to have to make some decisions. Um, are you okay with living your life in crisis mode? Do you, can you acknowledge that that is the person that you are? Um, if you want to pretend that you're not a person in crisis mode, you might have to acknowledge this is how I operate. This is my MO. I operate in crisis mode. Am I okay with being that? Is that who I am and who I want to be? If it is, like I said, see next episode, totally cool. That's who you want to be. I'm not going to mess with that. But if that's not, if you're not okay with that, that's not how you want to be. Then, then you do are going to have to uh, make some changes. And that's going to be the starting with, um, your life wheel, starting with taking an inventory and assessment of even if, if it's like an official one from a coach, from a therapist or whatever, or just your own personal assessment, doing that, um, taking a good clean look at who I am, where am I, where am I going kind of thing. And, um, and then doing your making connections, checking on your health and taking action on those things. Um, do I have, where am I with my relationships with myself, with others? Where am I with my health, mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, paying attention to all of those different areas and, um, where am I going to go and how am I going to get there? Perfect. I have no other thoughts, Jen. I think that's great. (laughs) No, I think that's great. I I feel like that's a, I mean, we can certainly keep talking if we want, but I feel like that's a great just wrap up to everything we've been discussing, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, it's definitely something that you can talk about for hours. And I do. It's what I, I mean, that's what I talk about. I love talking about it. And I've been doing this for talking about these things, you know, for like to almost 20 years now. And, um, I just, I, I can't stop because it does, it helps me. I grow and I learn every time I have a conversation and I reflect back, Oh, that might be me right now. You know, you, you think <laughs> right. through those things, but, um, there, there are so many resources available and what's really great about, our culture, the culture that you and I are in right now. I don't know about our listeners, but my culture is in, is that we're in this movement of recognizing that well-being matters. So you're seeing um, companies invest in the well-being of their employees. But if you're a freelancer, you, no one's doing that for you. You have to take that initiative yourself, just in the same way you take initiative to build your business, to do your job and do your work. You have to be the one to say, I matter my well-being matters. And if I don't take care of this, someone else isn't going to do it for me. That right there, that right there. So I think 
that might make a, a perfect clip for us, but it's, it's, that is something that <laughs> we have preached to the choir. I feel like a, a million times, not just about mental and emotional, but also physical, you know, like you're, you can only push through pain until for so long until your body breaks. And then why do that? You know, but it, it goes exactly the same way with mental, emotional, spiritual, same thing. So, and I love what you said about the balance, not having to be a 10 all the time. Cause I know us as musicians, at least me as a flute player, uh, it's like, okay, a 10, I have to do a 10 and everything. And it has to be perfect. And you know, type a whatnot, but it's not about that. No, so it's not, you can't sustain that. It's about sustaining. It's about living a life. You know, the purpose of our life is to live it. So it's about living our life and, and deciding how we want that to look. So what resources do you, um, are there any resources that you have that you would recommend to people that are looking for more information either with you or about this topic or et cetera? Yeah. So, um, I, uh, not me, I mentioned that book, burnout, 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 burnout. Again, that was by, um, Amelia Nagoski and Emily Nagoski, their sisters. Um, but for me, I've got, um, I'll just pull this up again off the, my side of the leadership school. Uh, that's my podcast where I interview leaders from all around the world, um, on integrity, balance, well-being, and tons of amazing leadership advice, leadership method ideas. Um, but I also have my website. It's kylacofer.com, K-Y-L-A-C-O-F-E-R.com. And we'll put that in the show notes too, I'm sure. But, um, I, I just have, I have, tons of resources on there right now. It's right now. It's only one like today it's uh, leadership for self-care. What is it called? It's a um, self-care for leaders ebook. So you can just sign up for that straight from my website and it'll walk you through some of these things that we just talked about today. Uh, but I will soon have kylacofer.com slash free stuff where you can get some other resources available as well. Um, I do keynote speaking and workshops for teams, individuals, um, communities, individual coaching, group coaching kind of thing. Um, and that's all I have for now that I can think of, but you can always reach out to me. Um, what I love to tell people is that when you reach out to me to schedule a call with me, we can get through some of these issues in like just a 15 minute phone call. And I'm happy to coach you in that short time and just see what we can find and help create some goals for you. Um, but you're going to talk to me. So a lot of times you sign up for like a coaching call with, um, a coach and you're going to actually get some of any on their team and someone that's been trained by them. You don't, you're going to actually get me and talk to me. So if you've liked what I said and, um, and the way I said it, then that's who you're going to be talking to. So I'm here mm -hmm. to support you and help you in any way I can. I've been through burnout twice. I have worked with a lot of people through this. I have, um, really, really value well-being, self-care, being a whole healthy person and strive to live that way. And I'm here as a resource in any way that I can be, because I want you to be awesome. And I think you are amazing. And I want to help you continue to be that in any way that I can. Perfect. Wonderful. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. This has been, so I really love you guys. And this has been so fun. Thank, Thank you for joining question. us. <laughs> we really loved having you. I think this yeah. is an extremely important episode. Like I said, we, we yeah. talked about it. We haven't done anything like this and it's been uh, overdue for sure. So this Absolutely. Is, yeah, this part of um, well-being we haven't delved enough into. And I think you, you hit the nail on the head a lot of times. And I really like that you gave us, uh, you know, concrete things to do. So yes, yes. thank you. I'm, I'm all about being here. practical. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And uh, thank you for listening to the Tune and Strong podcast. And if you liked it, please leave us a review. 
share it, subscribe. It will help us reach more musicians. Yes. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> hey, musicians. Did you know that up to 90% of musicians will experience playing related pain or injury over the course of their career? How many hushed conversations have you heard about a lingering, quote, shoulder pain or a weird tingling in your fingers or maybe low back pain or a crampy weakness or maybe you or your colleague just says, I just have to get through the gig and you watch them pop Advil like candy, maybe flush it down with whiskey. How many times have we seen something like this? So many, right? Well, it's time we start talking about our struggles, our pain, our frustrations in a private space where we don't just complain and mobilize and blindly stretch, but we learn how to strengthen our muscles, our career successes, and build each other up. I've got a brand new program that combines all of these things, and I want you to be a part of it. It's a community, not a workout. It's a community with group coaching and great content that in 12 weeks, we'll have you understanding more about your body, what you need, and how you work so you can avoid that career-threatening injury. The three things that musicians don't want. We don't want to be injured. We don't want to have a lack of stamina. And we don't want to be clueless, aka when you hurt, who do you go see? Just a quote doctor? Well, this program addresses all of those things. You're going to walk away with an immense knowledge of who to see. You're going to be empowered because you're going to know what to do should you ever get injured or should you have a colleague that gets injured. You will be able to actually offer appropriate advice. You're also going to learn about the body and the anatomy as it relates to playing your instrument and your own anatomy. And then you're going to learn how to build not just your strength and endurance, but you're going to learn how to design your own corrective exercise program. So I hope you will join me in this new program. It's called the Music Strong Pilot Program, Job Security for Musicians.